Welcome everyone to this bonus Jonas for real this time. We call all of our episodes bonus Jonas, but for real this is a bonus Jonas episode. Since when the hell have we called them the bonus Jonas episodes? You tell all me. All the time. Mm. Go back and listen. I don't believe um, it. Today we are uh, joined by Ivy Goblin. Say your real last name. <laughs> Gresham. Gresham, that's right. Um, we're joined by Ivy, who is a Joe Bros stan, super fan, uh, expert, and we've been wanting to start doing some Joe Bro album reviews. Our, we have, our last album review, I think, was Demi Lovato's Here We Go Again. How very you fitting did, that we did Demi wait, first and now that. Um, didn't you do Haley Kyoko? Oh yeah, that's true. I about that. So yeah, that was technically the last one. That was, but that was still a long time ago. Ivy knows our so, content better than us. I just forgot because I was thinking like Disney Channel and like yes, Haley Kiyoko was on Disney Channel, but she wasn't exactly who I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so we want to uh, do some Joe Brow album reviews, and obviously we need to start with this first album, which. <laughs> Hold your excitement, one. Um, this album just had an anniversary, and I think the self-titled did, correct? It was also in August that yeah. that was released. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would make sense to review that one and celebrate that anniversary as well. But we can't jump into self-titled until we go to It's About Time. Am I right, y'all? No. But, but can we, though? <laughs> um... So I think every I think I think all musicians really just want their self title to be the first album. No matter what they say, I think that's when they want to be like, yeah, this is it. This is the one. This is number one. Uh, everything before here was garbage. Usually, musicians' self titled albums are like second, third, fourth, like not the first one. Let's ask Beyonce, whose self titled was her fifth album. <laughs> So okay, um, I okay, think so my mind automatically went to Sean Mendez. I think was the first self-titled I thought of that wasn't Jonas Brothers, and that was what number two, three, uh, third. When was Paramore self-titled album? I mean, that was like their fourth <gasps> album. Are you okay? What the fuck? All I saw was <laughs> it was. There was a gnat in my face. Okay. Okay. Um, so we've... Obviously, Ivy will have the most to say here, but I think since this is the first time we're really talking about the Jonas Brothers, we've, like, maybe mentioned them, like, a little bit just when we talked about, like, the reunion and everything. Um, but I feel like we should talk about our intro... Juan's combing his hair. I feel like we should talk about our introduction to the Jonas Brothers and, like, our experience with them, like, how we first found them, and, like, did we immediately like them? Did we did we go to their concert? Did we have our dads run in high heels to win tickets? Remember that, when they did that? Oh, my God. Um, that was Hannah Montana. No, I thought it was also Jonas Brothers. I trust Ivy more than you at this point. No, I do, too. Okay, Ivy, Don't you start first. Don't insult her like that. Um, <laughs> you start first with your Joe Bro experience because you were the most knowledgeable of them and the biggest stan here. 
<clears throat> um, <laughs> she's clearing her throat. Um, uh, the beginning of my Jonas Stan days. The first Jonas Brothers song I heard was Time for Me to Fly because it was in the credits of the movie Aquamarine. Sure was. And I liked that. And then I think (laughs) shortly after that, I heard, I believe it was Mandy. Mm Mm-hmm. Heard of her. And then I listened to their, this album it's about time and i it was a bit before the self-titled album came out and then so by the time the self-titled came out i was like full stan and they were on hannah montana and then camp rock came out and then i was even more obsessed and then eventually I saw them in 2009 for the very first time. My Which tour was that? Burning Up? That was um, the tour that they did after Lines Vines came out. It was their wall tour. Oh! Yeah. So they sang Poison Ivy, and I freaked out because I was like, that's my name! And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that, that tour has my name on it. That song has my name. I just turned 10, bitch. Don't insult me this way. I, yeah, so I saw that tour, and then my sister and I wanted to see their 2013 tour. Oh, pre- honey. Pre-break. <laughs> well, they went to oh, Indianapolis. Okay. That happened. But my family that never goes on vacation was on vacation during both tour stops that were near us. Mm-hmm. And then we were all like, Okay, we'll we'll see them next time, and then and there wasn't jokes next on you time, until last year. Next time was six years later. So their most recent tour, the Happiness Begins tour, I went to uh, five tour stops, and mm-hmm. I have since gotten you made a, up for lost time. Yeah, I was like, I didn't go to this last one, so I'm gonna go to this one a bunch, and then I got a and, two for them. And did you like you? And you met them. Yeah. And did did you perhaps get like one of their instruments or something? I don't know if I've like heard about it. Yeah, what's thing. the iconic moment that happened to you? <laughs> Tell us about that. Uh Joseph may or may not have like I mean like we're friends now and he kinda like gave oh. me his tambourine mm-hmm. on the stage. Was that at the in front of was like that at the fifth show or the fourth show that you went to? That was my third. Oh, third. I went to I went to Nashville by myself. That was my very first one in ten years since I missed the 2013 tour, and I was barricaded that show. Don't know how I thought I could handle barricade at my first show in ten years. I was a wreck. And then is that super close to you? Nashville's um three hours away from me. Oh okay. And then I, I went no to concept a- of uh, <laughs> indie was two days after that and my sister came to with me to that one and that was when I met them and then October I went to Anaheim which is the show that he gave me the tambourine and then we went to San Francisco two days after that and then my last one was in Toronto in uh late November okay yeah because we yeah you went to that show right after we, we were all at Disneyland. Disneyland yeah and I and we all 
me, Juan, and we were staying with Frankie all saw your Instagram. We're like, oh my god, it happened after you had been talking about it. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was dying at your all's episode after that because you said one of you two woke up and you're like, she got the tambourine. It was <laughs> <Because> me. <laughs> No, I remember Frankie, like, I remember lying in bed and, like, Frankie was, like, scrolling, like, on their phone and was like, oh my god, she got the tambourine. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was Joe, Joe, on this most recent tour, kind of made it a thing when they played their old songs, like Mandy from this album. Um, that was always Joe's thing on their old tours, was to play the tambourine. Like, Nick and Kevin always had their guitars and Joe had his tambourine, and so he was doing it on this tour, and then... Basically, starting the first night of the tour, he would give it to a fan. And so people started making signs with, like, clever mm -hmm. little sayings on them and stuff. And he would read the signs and just give it to somebody. And I got lucky. <laughs> Think Bless. about how many tambourines they bought. Yeah. yeah. Too many. It's not, it's not like a little, like, toy tambourine. Like, it's a real tambourine. No, can, you can you play a little ditty for us on the tambourine real quick? She's a. So we know that it's real. She's she's preserved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I imagined. I didn't think you were just like sitting at home, like <laughs> tapping it on your knees. She's, she's no, like going, but when um when Lauren and I got back to, we were staying with one of her friends in Anaheim, and her friend's roommate was there with some guy, and the guy was playing, I think, the ukulele, and she was like, oh my god, cool, you have a tambourine, and just, like, took it and starts, like, playing it when with her friend playing the ukulele. And you, and and you hit Lauren, her. I didn't say anything. I was like, okay. And Lauren's friend was like, you know that's Joe Jonas's tambourine? And she was like, what? <laughs> I said, Who? <laughs> Um, okay, wait, so when it's about time, like, and, like, time for me to fly, like, when you were discovering them, how old were you? I mean... 2006? Well, let's play a little game. Let's play a little game. Let's play a little game. I pulled up the Jonas Brothers Wikipedia, <laughs> and I'm going to ask you a series of random questions from me frantically reading this Wikipedia, and I want you to see how good you do. You, uh, what ask are their me middle names? About Wyckoff, New Jersey? <laughs> Mm, no. Okay. What was the name of the church? <laughs> yeah, what is their that temple Kevin's, that they worship? Kevin Jonas Sr. had to leave. I don't know the answer. Oh, <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, tell me you're not legitimately asking. That. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, here we go. Here's my first question. Ready? I oh, he's serious. Okay, I'm serious. When did the band first form? It was after Nick did his solo album. That doesn't... He, no, I'm looking for a year. <laughs> 2005. <gasps> she did it. Okay. <laughs> Wake Off, New Jersey. Where is that? In New Jersey? <laughs> good, good. You got that one. Okay, one more question. And one more question. Hmm. Let me find <laughs> How much money TV. have they grossed throughout their entire career? <laughs> oh, let's play that game. What's their net worth? Yeah. <laughs> no, because they have a whole thing dedicated to that on the Wikipedia. Oh, I was it. like, Nick's got Phil acting Philanthropy. Money. The Jonas Brothers earned an estimated blank in 2007. <laughs> Guess the millions of dollars. 
Just rough guess. Rough guess. Six. 82.4. You're guessing too much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go back. Oh, 12. Oh, okay. I was halfway there. I had no idea. Wait, okay, so I just wanted an answer to my one question, which was how old were you? Um, (laughs) In 2006, basically. In 2006, I would have been seven. Okay, okay. So, age seven, and you're in your 20s. You're you're 20, right? I'll be 21 in a week. (gasps) So, you're 20. Happy birthday, (laughs) man. Anyways, um... So, yeah, so, like, 13 years, 14, whatever, whatever you want to say. The amount of tweets... Dedicated. The amount of tweets that I had saying, like, I will meet Joe Jonas before I die. Too many. (laughs) Well, you've done it. And now you have... Yeah, now you have to set new goals. Now I... Like, I'll be in Camp Rock 3. Do we want that, though? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Um, Juan, why don't you talk about your experience? Because it's going to be a lot shorter. I don't know <laughs> who these brothers are. Is this Hanson? <laughs> well, no, honestly, honestly, when, as, like, growing up, I knew who they were only because, like, the girls and like, because I was in, what, middle school at this point, would always be like, excuse me? The girls in middle school would always be like, oh, the Jonas Brothers! Like, it was at around that time where, like, Jonas Brothers and Justin Bieber were, like, the thing. And so everyone was like, yeah, what? And so, I like... I mean, Justin Bieber was, like, af- a little after. Or, like, a little, like, later in there. His My yeah. World... His My World 2.0 album with, like, Baby, which was basically his prime, was, mm-hmm. I believe, 2010 or 2011. Yeah. So okay. it was right around the time of where the Jonas Brothers' last studio album before this, like, reunion one came. Yeah. Because hmm. Jonas Brothers, they were the original JB. Don't forget it, Juan. Anyways, so all the girls in school. Anyways, I just knew them from all the girls in school. And then, like, I never had seen Camp Rock until maybe, like, maybe with you. And... Except for, like, maybe, like, a couple clips. But that's my extent of my knowledge with them. It's just the girls love them. I knew about Kevin. I watched his little show where his wife was scared of balloons. <laughs> yeah. Um, I knew Nick had diabetes. And I knew Joe Jonas had all the gays wrapped around his little, little fingers. He really had all of us thinking he was going to die from his diabetes in, like, five minutes. <laughs> it was... He really was... Nick like, Jonas was like, type 2 diabetes like, is not a laughing matter. He was, like, the diabetes icon. Like, I know, like, older generations had, like, Mary Tyler Moore for their diabetes icon, but, like, ours was Nick Jonas. When I was getting my Jonas Brothers tattoo, um, my tattoo artist, she's diabetic, and she was like, oh, so what is this? And I told her it was a Jonas Brothers song, and she said, yeah, I really looked up to them when I was growing up because, you know, mm-hmm. Nick is diabetic, and I was like, I do know. <laughs> The diabetics really looked up to him. He was their savior. But when you knew some of the music, at least, because I know that, like... I knew them, like, yeah. year 3000, like... I think I, I knew them by proxy of, like, other movies that used their songs. Because you definitely, like... I remember, like, being in the car with you, like... We were with, like, someone, like, in college, like... Screaming year 3000. Say their name. Words. Say their name. It was Anna. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say Eunice. LOL. <laughs> 
No, it was Anna. But so, yeah, you knew at least their, like, popular songs. Yeah, I knew, yeah, yeah, I knew their songs because of movies, but, like, them specifically, I never, like, dove into their discography. So this is really the first time you've... Sat through a whole album and regretted yes. it? Yes. Just sat through an, a whole album in general. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, and you've so never sorry. seen them live. And I've never so seen them that. live, and I've never seen their movies. And actually, right now, I'm looking at a Except gif of, of Joe Jonas licking an ice cream cone. Okay. Um, <laughs> similar to Juan, like, well, I knew, I remember hearing, I would listen to Radio Disney all the time growing up, and I remember hearing Mandy first, and Year 3000 on Radio Disney, and I, like, loved those songs, especially, like, Mandy, because it was very, like, pop punk in, like, a Radio Disney kind of way, and, like, it was similar to, like, bands I liked at the time, like, Simple Plan and, like, Good Charlotte, so it was, like, the, like, kid version of that. So I really liked those songs. And then Self-Titled is when they got, like, super popular, like Juan was saying, like, all the girls were obsessed with them, and to that, like, when that was going on, I, like, did get very annoyed with them. Like, I liked them, like, I liked the idea that these, like, kids were being really successful in the industry, but, like, they were really, like, the fact that everyone loved them was, like, really annoying. Like, I told this on one episode that, like, I was in the locker room in, like, junior high once and all of the girls were singing When You Look Me in the Eyes. I feel like I remember you saying that. And I just remember being so annoyed by that. Um, and I remember when Burn It Up came out, I was really annoyed. Um, and like when like South Park made fun of them, I was I thought that was funny. Like, like I don't like really like South Park anymore. But at the time, I was like, this is hilarious. Um, is the "Look Me in Your Eyes" song? Is that the one that's like, when you look me in the eyes and tell me you love me? Yes, I thought that was someone else completely. No. <laughs> I was like, I do kind of like that song. <laughs> no, that's them. It's on the next album. Gotcha, but, gotcha. uh, and then at some point, either maybe like, it would have, would have been like after they stopped, after they broke up, that I like dove back in and was like, oh, like, actually, like, I really like a lot of these songs, like, from self titled or from like a little bit longer, like, I just ones that I like, deep cuts that I hadn't really heard before. So, I went from, like, loving, like, this era of them that we're about to talk about and then being annoyed with them being so popular and then, like, being very at peace with it. And then, like, when they reunited, it felt like, oh, like, like, I feel like for our generation, it felt very, like, we have to root for them because they're, like, so much a part of our, like, junior high upbringing or elementary upbringing or whatever. That's the thing that sucks the most about their popular music, like you said, with the deep cuts. It's like, those, the songs that no one knows are their best songs. Mm-hmm. And, but people just see them as SOS or Burning Up. And yeah, cause that's what they played on the Disney. Yeah, Channel it's the what they played over and over, but. <laughs> I'm like, but have you listened to Inseparable? Probably not, but you should, because it's a good song. And I I did watch Jonas. Like, I did watch Camp Rock. I didn't watch Camp Rock 2 until, like, college, actually. But, like, 
I liked Jonas and like I liked them when they were on Hannah Montana. Like so I liked them as people at least. But yeah, like I knew like SOS and like Hold On when you looked me in the eyes, like all those ones that they were playing on commercials. And then when I went into the album and I heard like Good Night and Goodbye, I was like, This is a really good song. Why did I never hear this one? They should have been playing this on Disney Channel, but they didn't. Anyways point is we're here to talk about it's about time which is their first album and none of those songs that i just said you know sos burning up when you look me in the eyes none of those are on this album um and i'm gonna give you a little background on this album when it came out and i will do that now it's about time is the debut studio album from the jonas brothers it was released on august 8th 2006 by columbia records uh the album was released through uh, Columbia Records' Daylight Records imprint. Um, a CD version, a dual-disc version of the album came out, and it had the three-part music video for Mandy. Three, three music videos for that. Uh, the album is currently out of print, so copies of it are <clears throat> rare and expensive, but it's available on eBay and streaming. Um... Is it getting repressed? Is that... I thought I heard that it was getting repressed, actually, on vinyl. I mean, it and got... you would know. It got repressed with the um the vinyl club that, did. that I got. Because the only time it had been pressed prior to that was a limited time for Team Jonas members in 2003. And then that was the only press of it for a really long time. But then when the Jonas vinyl club got released, they repressed it. Okay, okay. Um, the album peaked at 91 on the Billboard 200 chart. It was recorded in July and August of 2005, except for the songs What I Go to School For, Year 3000, and Please Be Mine, which were recorded in April 2006. Uh, the album was produced by Michael Mangini and Steve Greenberg, who, this is fascinating, they both produced the Grammy-nominated song "Who Let the Dogs Out" by Bahamut. <laughs> so that's who we're dealing with here. Also, Michael Mangini was the music producer for Shrek, and Steve Greenberg has worked with Jonas Brothers, obviously Hanson and AJR. So he seems to like to work with brothers, boy bands. <laughs> yes, bro bands, if you um, want to call them that. Oh, yep. Some of the uh, guitarists that were in this album, John Taylor and Greg Garbowski, Garbowski? Garbo. Garbo. Uh, so they worked on this album and they still work with Du Bois today. I just watched Chasing Happiness. Or no, what's it? Not, the ha- Happiness Continues. And they were in it. Um, I could have been at that Chicago show and I'm so pissed it wasn't. I was shocked to not see you in any of the crowd shots. So was I. (laughs) My friend, the Chicago show, I'm pissed that I wasn't there in general because Alex Gasgarth was also on stage that night. And I was Mm -hmm. like, still don't get why. This is two of my favorite bands in the same arena at the same time. And then they had the secret show that night too. And I was like, there's so much happening this night that I could be there and I'm not. And you weren't. Uh, after Columbia Records dropped the group from their roster list, they signed with Hollywood Records, who produces, like, a lot of the, like, Disney star albums. 
Hollywood received the rights to redistribute the single year 3000. So that was on the self-titled album as well. And that's, they, that's why they were always running that music video on Disney Channel. Um, the album sold 67,000 copies in the U.S. Um, and, uh, they did a tour to support the album in November of 2005. And then a second tour called the Jonas Brothers American Club Tour, which promoted abstinence from illegal drugs. And it was just small crowd shows that they did in 2006. So look at them promoting safety and abstinence. I'm going to show up to their concerts fully sexed up and on acid. And I'm just going to be like, I'm here. They did a right. um. They did a fan video when they came back. Sarah, you An said you've been watching some video? YouTube videos, so I don't know if you've seen it or not. But they did a fan video on their channel where they called a bunch of their just like really long and dedicated fans to um, L.A. and they basically explained their experiences with the Jonas Bros and everything. And then they were the first people to get told they were getting back together. And one of the girls on that, she does interviews for some Twitter page. I don't know. I think it's called Shine On Media. But she yes, had, um, yeah, she had a physical set list from when they toured for this album. Damn! And she said, "I've never done drugs because of you guys." <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> or I Why do so many drugs know? because of you guys. They they asked my friend Carla, who actually was on um, a show for that new app, Quibi or whatever. Oh, sure. There's, yeah, it's, they do, like, <laughs> it's short-lived, um, short time limit shows. Mm-hmm. And there was a show on there called Thanks a Million where they gave 10 celebrities $100,000 and then they could um give it to someone who's made an impact in their life. And then they, like get $50,000 of it, and then they have to pass it on to someone who's impacted them. And Nick gave my friend Carla $50,000 and then passed on another half of it. Yeah, it's crazy. And you got the other half of it? Oh, no! (laughs) Do you think she'd be talking to us now? No. If I I had $50,000, you know what I could do with that? Go to school again. (laughs) I I love y'all. I don't care if I have... $50,000 $50,000 or $50. I'll talk to you guys. All right. Um, well, since we're all poor, but we all listen to this album, let's <laughs> talk about the first song, which is What I Go to School For. That's what I go to school for. Oh my god, really? I'm shocked. So this... Okay, little background. This song is a cover song. I'm mostly saying this to Juan. Everything... Every, like, piece of information, I'm really just saying to Juan, because I know he won't know this. So this is a cover song. It was originally by the um, British pop-punk band Busted. And, uh... It was originally about, the busted version is about, like, a student being in love with their teacher. Oh, so, see, I would live for that. 
I would have lived. So then that you track. should listen to the original because this one, the Joe Bros rewrote it so it was more like family friendly. So it was just being in love with like an older girl at school. What's this album called? It's about time. It's about damn time. Okay. Um. So what does everyone think about this one? Ivy, you said you hate it. <laughs> I love the amount of Joe in this song, but I can't stand it. <laughs> Interesting. Well, here's I, my... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, Juan. No, go no, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say... Okay, so, like, <laughs> for me, being such a fan of, like, pop punk and, like, the pop punk era of the Jonas Brothers... I say pop punk very lightly here, <laughs> but I love this song. <laughs> like, I wrote down a banger. Like, I know they didn't write it, but, like... I love this song, and I listen to it very frequently. Juan? So, <laughs> this song... This song is something. Because, like... I like... It doesn't make sense. Like, I think what gets me mad about this song, because I also <laughs> don't like it. This is like middle-of-the-road Jonas Brothers on this album for me. It's not the worst, but it's definitely not the best. Because well, there is why a t- would it be their best when it's their first album? Because they should go out of. I believe that every artist should come out of the gate swinging. You come in hard and fast, <laughs> perfection, and then you just keep no. launching forward. Nick Jonas didn't have Miley Cyrus as a muse yet. <laughs> His voice hadn't even dropped yet. Truly, I mean, clearly we can hear that in the music. Um, but Joe Jonas just sounds like a pervert. Because he like, in this song, he fully is like, I climbed into a tree and saw her in the window and she fell in love with me. I was like, I would have kicked that. I would have chopped that tree down and knocked your ass. Climb a tree outside your home. Yeah. Which I think that is from the original lyrics, which is surprising that they didn't change it because it is very like, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, like, if it's about like wanting to F your teacher or you like, finger bang in the hallway like i get it if you're like oh i need to look through this window and check her out but she ain't gonna be like oh yeah look at that boy in my window but in this in this it doesn't song, make it better to i mean it, your okay teacher. yeah it doesn't make it better but like in the context it totally like makes it feel like okay i i you know what i mean this like this feels very weird to be like i climbed her the window and then she fell in love with me because she saw me peeping at her like Ugh. Why do kids in movies and TV shows always know where their teachers live? I don't know where any of my teachers... I don't even know where my professors lived. And I visited one in her, in, at his studio. I don't even remember where that is. He blindfolded you and brought you there so you didn't know <laughs> the surrounding area. Ooh, how beautiful. Okay, so I'm the only one that liked this one. It's middle, It's very middle of the road. Joe sounds delusional the whole song. I already feel like my ranking is gonna be so different than yours. Probably. Ivy, you better buckle the fuck up because I'm about to pop in on this album. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about the second track Time for Me to Fly. No. So this this song, hold on. So this song actually was originally on Nick's solo album that Ivy mentioned before, but mm-hmm. it was a lot. It was just slower. Mm-hmm. So I can pull. Oh, up, this song uh, was slower. Yes, I'll pull up a clip once so and hear it. Um, this was co-written by PJ Bianco, who also worked on "When You Look Me in the Eyes," mm-hmm. which was their- on. 
Can I? S- oh, are you on Wikipedia? I'm on. Go- I am. I'm on Genius. Oh, okay. Because PJ, so they he also did the When You Look Me in the Eyes, which uh, there was a version on Nick's solo album as well, um, and the song Can't Have You, which was on a little bit longer. Oh, so correct? good! I love that song. Yeah. Um. So l- one, let me play you a uh, don't a clip of this slower version of. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Play. Is this young Michael Jackson? <laughs> Turn it off. Cut the cameras, dead ass. No. The best. <laughs> I'm showing them the album cover. The best song oh, no. from Nick's solo album, Sarah. I don't know if you've listened to any of them. Crazy kind of crush on you. No, I only listen to like the the versions of the they're like please be mine and like when you look me in the eyes that were on there. Crazy kind of crush just, on you. It's a jam, honestly. <laughs> it's very like Aaron Carter. It was interesting. Okay, so Anyways. I don't want to hear my thoughts on this song because I have <laughs> yeah, plenty. Sure. <laughs> One, the first thing that I wrote down is who is this woman? <laughs> someone, someone on the. The comments for, I believe, the slower version said he sounds like Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> Sneaker so. night! <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I first, I, for, I, I'll tell you this. Up until maybe Mandy, I did not realize that Nick Jonas was singing. <laughs> I literally thought they had an unnamed woman singing through these tracks. And I said, what is her name? She is pulling the weight. Denise said, Denise said family band. <laughs> Someone the in the Jonas back, sister. it's a family band. And I said, who is the sister? It's Frankie as an myself, infant. <laughs> <laughs> and then I asked myself, which one, which is a better bird theme song? This or I can't be tamed. Oh. So let me why ask would, Why you, would you pit Nick and Miley against each other when they shared a love so pure? We got we got before the storm out of that, and for that I am grateful. We got send it on because of that. (laughs) That we did. Just one spark starts a fire. Anyway, just one little action. Anyways, I don't like this chain reaction. Okay, at all. That's what I was getting. What about you, Ivy? (laughs) Uh, like I said, this song is like the start of my Jonas Sand days. So like that Mm -hmm, means a lot to me. Since yeah, because yeah, it was in the Aquamarine soundtrack. Um, I mean, it's like not one of my all-time favorites. It's just the where it all started for me. I really like um, the guitar instrumentals in this song, though. I I would like to describe this song because another another co-writer to this track is also Kevin Jonas Senior. He he did a lot of their co-writing in their early days. It was and him it shows. Yeah, him and Nick. This the, this song in particular like does feel very like religious. Oh, it I is, was yeah, gonna say one hundred because I said I asked, is this re- is this song religious? And then that's when I was like, no, written by the dad, of course. And then I said, this is this song along with many others. Sounds like it would be sung at like a white person's like cool like uh, mega church like some people like 
It's like the, the super youth cool group. because they make you feel yeah. Like this, baby. Is why are you asking if it's religious when there's literally a line that says the gates heaven of heaven will open? Okay. No, because because because, because <laughs> before I got there, I was like, this seems very like church. Like like I said, cool white person like church. Like yeah, I love going here because the music is so nice and the pastor is so young. And then it literally <laughs> got to when the gates of heaven's door, and I said no. Wait, Sarah, Sarah's seen the documentary, so she knows what I'm talking about. That clip of little Nick in the church, like, barefoot, <laughs> clapping, and he, like... I don't remember that exact I'm clip. sorry, bare feet? <laughs> he's literally in a church with, like, these flowy pants, and he's Fully clapping, and then does, like, a toe touch. <laughs> no. No, mama. Well, this is why you have to watch the doc. Um... What speaking of the like the dad and the church, so from Chasing Happiness, I believe what happened was this album was very like punk, quote unquote, at least to the the hardcore religious people. So they kind of like ran the dad out of the church and like made him resign. Is that basically what happened? Yeah, so basically their livelihood was Kevin Jonas Sr. working at the church and then when the boys started to release this music, because with Nick's solo music, like they were chill with it, because a lot and of you can it, tell. yeah, a lot of yeah. it was around religion. But yeah, then when they from started, that photo from that voice, <laughs> the photo. Um, but when they started producing this album, it wasn't really the music that the church wanted them to create. So yeah, they basically forced him to resign, and then they were living. Like just on the boys, yeah. Literally, all the boys were in one room, and their parents were in another, and they had to like stay with friends for a while until Disney and, like, picked them up. And wasn't that like that was like their family's sole income was like the money they would make off of like tour and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So very interesting how they had a struggle. Turn its back on you like that, <laughs> which is interesting because none of these songs are like like disgusting like. They're all, like, very family-friendly, really. I think it's like, the way at, they were at, talking about girls at such a young age, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, was, I that's guess, because they do question. talk about... Because how old were these crushes, kids? But Nick, um... Obviously Nick was, like, eight. 13, 14. Yeah, Nick was, like, 13. Oh, Nick was and 13? He sounds like he's 12. Yeah. If not, like, two. <laughs> well, yeah, his voice now is, like, higher than the others, too. So, I mean... He's just always had a very unique voice. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyways. He, um, he was in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to track number three, which oh, is god, year, yes. three, year 3000. So, this is another cover, another one that is not theirs, which is funny because it's one of their biggest songs, the one that brought them so much fame because of Disney Channel and everything, but it's another cover by Busted, originally by that pop punk band Busted, and uh, the band, most people don't know that Busted even had the original version, and that the Jonas Brothers did a cover, Talking they did not the write Talking about the three this. titties. This is about yeah. the first time I heard about it. The original lyrics Three titties? Have, like, there's a lyric where it says, like, triple-breasted women 
walk around town totally naked. There's like a few lines where they had to rewrite it. Originally, instead of like it had outsold Kelly Clarkson, it's it had outsold Michael Jackson. There's like a few different things. The, the Star Wars line is different, so a little more family friendly. But um, when asked about like how Busted feels about the Jonas Brothers version being way more popular, they're pretty much cool with it. Um, they one of them said they paid my mortgage for four years. I'm stoked to bits. Thank you very much, Jonas Brothers. And then another one of them said the thing about it is that when I heard their version of it. I didn't really like it, but there has been some really good things that have happened as a result of it. I didn't like how they changed words around, but the thing is, what's mental is that Year 3000 was synced in the Simpsons episode recently, but the thing is, when I asked them to do, to do that, they already had chosen to use the original version, and I don't think they'd have been aware of the song if it, if that hadn't happened. So we ended up getting our version of on the Simpsons, which was cool. If someone had said to me all those years ago, if you let them do like a cover of your song, you get it on the Simpsons, I would have done it immediately. And they did perform it last year with Busted at the yeah, Capitals Summertime Ball. Yeah, so Busted and Jonas Brothers did combine Joe Busted and <laughs> Joe. Is he running for president? <laughs> no. <laughs> But they they combined to uh, perform the song. So overall, like, that song, like, even if, I don't know how much money you make, like, on a cover song and how much of it goes to the original people, but, like, either way, Busted still made a ton of money from it. Busted said we got four years of our mortgage paid off. I would kill for that. They said cover all of our songs. (laughs) Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Year 3000, Juan? Why did it have to be a Kelly Clarkson diss track? She was just popular. She at the loves time. it though. She loves they it. Opened they opened for her, didn't her. they? They like toured together. She said, "I stand this," or played a show together at least. No, this is their best. This is their best song in this album. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. this song. And now I want to hear about three breasted titty ladies. Well, you should listen to the original one. I will. I will now. But this, yeah, pretty iconic Joe Bros song. What also, about you, Ivy? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Last thing I want to say. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, and this is for our listeners, if you listen to a podcast, uh, it, it's called Last Podcast on the Left, they got, like, a viewer email about, like, a man who apparently was from the future, and he quoted this the, the lyrics from this song, and they didn't know what it was. And then they got an, another email being like, that was a Jonas Brothers lyric, and then none of them knew who they were. So I just thought that was funny. Okay. You can take that one um, out. <laughs> Ivy, Ivy, what are your thoughts? We have very differing opinions about this song. I'm so fucking tired of this song. I get how you could be tired of it. Okay, I'm Ivy. S- Considering <laughs> they, they do play it, you heard it five times, because they play it at every show. I, well, and I think I got- like this, there's no way this hasn't been out of their set list. Oh, no. In the past. No. 15 years or whatever no i got so so tired of the song and like even when i was younger and like you said they would play the video for it 24 7 on <laughs> disney like they would smash these three boys in your head the best thing out of that video is that the song video girl came out of that mm. <laughs> because one of the girls in the year 3000 video kevin had a fling with or something and that's where the song video girl came from but 
Ooh, I, I will still jump up and down and scream this song at the top of my lungs at concerts. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just... And I think, again, part of it is in the back of my head as this being one of the only songs of theirs that other people know. So when people think Jonas Brothers and this is immediately what comes to mind, I'm not saying it's a problem, but... Like I said, they've just got so many songs that are so much better than this. And this isn't even their song. <laughs> yeah, it's not even their song, but this is what people think of. So when people make this, like, the bar for where they think the Jonas Brothers are at, I just, there's so much more that is not this. I think yeah, we like get it. it. This a- was you being your hipster moment, being like, don't discover the Jonas Brothers because of this song. You don't even know them. I didn't say I'm not like that, because that is wh- what I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, similar to you, like, I have heard this song, like, plenty of times. Like, I don't, like, go and listen to this on Spotify. It, if it came up on Shuffle, I'd be, like, cool with it. But if I go listen to songs from this album, I can usually skip this one, because I know it. I know the ins and outs. I can sing every harmony, every line. Yeah, I, and I, I mean, I'm the same so way well. with Burning Up. I skip Burning mm-hmm. Up almost every time it comes on Shuffle. Yeah, I only, I fast forward to Red Dress and then I <laughs> skip it. The the Burning Up version that I listen to when it comes up on Shuffle is from um, the Concert Experience film. I do listen to that version of that song. Is Big Robin that one? yeah. Burn it up in this place. And then at the end, it was their um, their final song of that the Burn It Up tour. So they, this is our musical director, John Taylor, blah. And they had a full orchestra for that tour. So mm-hmm. Nick's like, give it up for our beautiful and talented string section. And then they do a little riff, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> the whole reason I listen to that song, they're like, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. And then I listen to that song just for that. That's cool. Thank you, String Section. Thank you, beautiful and talented String Section. Alright, well, let's talk about the next song, One Day at a Time. So this song was co-written by... Michael Mangini and Steve Greenberg, who we talked about earlier. They're the Baja Men Boys. So we had the Baja Men Boys working on this song. Uh, it's a slower song, you know, some acoustic guitar. It's This is, to me, it's another one that sounds like it would be sung in a church. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds very similar to When You Look Me in the Eyes. At least from where, from my, through my ear holes. I could see I was that. hearing parts of When You Look Me in the Eyes in there. I could see but. that. Juan, what do you think? Again, I wrote down, who is this woman? (laughs) (laughs) And then, and this is when I started to question, when the hell did they write all these songs? Because there's no way in hell these kids have experienced anything in their lives, except for maybe, you know, being poor. Um, That I was like, why are you writing songs like this? I wrote that later. I don't know which song. Oh, it was on 705. I was like, why... Mm -hmm. Like, about Nick, I was like, why is this 12-year-old singing about love? Well, like, so many other songs are like, when we fall in love, we're gonna be together forever. And I'm like, you have broken up with how many people within, like, a year, probably? Like, what the hell? Who do you think you are? I'm tired of men thinking they're the one and only. I'm thinking, I'm tired of men being like, 
I'm the hottest shit on the block. When we're together, you ain't. Uh, 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 I'm like, you sound like crazy. You sound abusive, and and yes. Okay, sounds like we're getting personal now, so I'm going to move on. Ivy, what are your thoughts? When you look me in the eyes. The only things I wrote for this song were Sad Boy Anthem, and every time they mention school, it dates the song so much. Mm -hmm. And this one's mostly, if not all, Nick vocals, I think, right? Yeah, that was... That was a big deal with their set list on the Happiness Begins tour was before they started the tour, Nick said in an interview, he was like, yeah, we're all around 30 years old. We can't be singing small talk on I am anymore. And which, I mean, I find comical because they did Just Friends as a fan request like literally 10 times throughout the whole tour. But there's a song on this album that talks about I am a <laughs> as well yeah that was that was something that they did on this tour that i really liked was they had a fan request unit every night where they would literally just have fans with signs of songs that weren't on their set list and they would read one and play it acoustically but where was the american dragon theme song <laughs> you should have where was it Ivy. you should have been like if you can't play the song you're not you're not strong I was going to request one of them from their album that never got released whenever they mm-hmm. broke up, but I was like, the Nicholas would dropkick me. Maybe that that's a sacrifice you need to take. Oh, that album's a whole mess. <laughs> I would believe it. It's horrible. I would believe There's, it. It has one of their favorite songs of mine on it, but the album as a whole is a catastrophe. Like, it's a good thing they broke up. all right let's move on to track number five which ironically is called six minutes Mm. so six minutes is let me two more than four minutes let me tell you something Yes, two minutes more than the Madonna song. But I, when I, I thought, I just, like, the other day when I was researching each song, I learned this was a cover. And I thought they wrote this. It's a cover, Ivy. It is a cover. Newsflash! I didn't know it's a that. Cover. <laughs> I didn't know either until I went on, I think I went on Genius. Yeah, Genius tells you that it's a cover. And it's a cover of an LFO song. LFO who sang like Girl on TV and Summer Girls. Not not great songwriters. And they wrote this song, Six Minutes, and the original song, similar to what they did with like the busted covers, they replaced a ton of lyrics. There's a lyric in the LFO cover that says, Stepped onto the dance floor, shaking her hips. I thought I might bust when she licked her lips. <laughs> So, understandably, they changed a lot of songs, but the the melody of it is, or a bunch of lyrics, but the melody of it is the same. But I've, I thought these boys wrote this song, and I'm bummed. I thought this was an original. <laughs> but it's this good. one has kind of a, a ska vibe, with that guitar in the beginning and the verses. Uh, but they did keep in the Catcher in the Rye lyric, which I think is so dumb. <laughs> 
I literally wrote that down and I said, catcher in the rye? If anything, anything, they made it more cheesy because I think in the LFO one it's... Sometimes I feel like a catcher in the rye. Sometimes I wish I could catch your eye. But in this one they keep it as... I wish I could catch her eye, so... Had to Sometimes let everyone I feel know like it was a woman. Her in the rye. Sometimes I wish that I could catch her eye. Sometimes I wish that guy, that I could be that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, that and, guy. And the whole, I think the whole idea of six minutes in the LFO ver- version was, I took it as like, you only need six minutes to bang her and then you're done. That's one, if you take a look at the lyrics, that's how I was interpreted, because he says I only need six minutes. That's a shitty man. Whereas the- woman, it. If you are a woman or another man, <laughs> if you are anyone and you're, and your man takes, is like, I only need six minutes. You said, you say, well, I only need two days to pack up and leave if you only need six minutes. Goodbye. Yeah. So I think the Jonas Brothers version was more like how long it takes me to like fall in love with her or something more to that effect. Not like I just need six minutes and I'm in and out. Like, and I'm at an in and out <laughs> eating a burger. <laughs> So it was very interesting, um, but I overall like this one. It's one of my favorites on the album. Very bummed that they didn't write it. They made it better and less disgusting. But Did they? They don't have a, a line about busting. I would so. much rather hear a line about busting a nut than half of these songs. Well, that's your opinion. To be honest, if they sang it today, Joe probably would sing the original version yeah and people would love it they would like be able to pull that off oh yeah so yeah um moving on let's move on to number six which is mandy iconic iconic pump pop punk anthem iconery this was my first Jonas Brothers song I ever heard, and it's still, it's honestly my favorite Jonas Brothers song of all time. It's so good. Which is a bold claim to make, but you know me, I love me some pop punk. I love the S Club 7 reference. It there ain't no party like an S Club party. Um, and this is one of two songs on the album that's solely written by the three of them. Everything else has co-writing. And it. Kevin has a line. <laughs> Where he Kevin, sings. Kevin, Kevin sings. yeah. This is one of, like, very few songs where he's actually featured. Yeah, so yeah the, the one the line, the one line Kevin sings where he's like, Now it's been a few years, it looks like things have changed. Change. Now she's mine and I wanna say. That's Kevin, that one bit. That's Kevin, even though it sounds like it might be Joe, it's Kevin. For I'm years I thought that, that you was guys were Joe. able to even hear anything. I thought they sang this song with too many syllables. I I love the fact that they use the word nuisance. This probably taught me what that word meant. <laughs> I read they're, something. They're English teachers. I read something a few years ago. There was a girl on America's Got Talent. She was a um, deaf singer, and uh, her name was Mandy. And somebody said that she was the one that they wrote this song about because uh, Denise, their mom, was either her, like, sign language teacher when she was a kid or something, so whenever they say, like, used to be that girl, the one that never said a word. Oh, okay, like, she was actually, like, mute and yeah. wouldn't say a thing. Because she couldn't say a word, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's 100% factual, but Denise 
I mean, they were following each other on Instagram, so they know each other somehow, but whether or not this song is 100% about her, I don't know. But it would make sense. I was about to say, like, yeah, I've heard about this, but it's completely not about this song. It's about (laughs) another song. (laughs) I've always known that it's about a childhood friend, but I think according to Genius, it says that Joe dated her in high school as well. I don't know if that's true. I've heard that, too. But this was the best part of the Happiness Begins tour, 100%. I wish they played the whole song, but... Mandy is uh, good. Yeah. Wow. Oh, you do like Mandy one? One likes one, guys. There's a couple songs in here that I like. <laughs> a couple. <laughs> Two. Okay. I, there is a couple, but I do not like... The only thing I don't like about the song is that I think it's just a little bit too fast. Like, I get the energy, but it's, like, so fast that some of the words start to blend in with each other. I'm like, I don't well, know what you you're saying. You just don't know how to mosh and how to be punk. <laughs> Sarah, I'm don't the one that to wants to punk. join in the pit, but you, I stay in the back to protect you. One, this song made their dad have to resign. That's how punk this song was, One, He had to leave his God job. hated they this. They had to be more. <laughs> Jesus Christ hated this song, and so they had to leave the he church. He smited them. God said, Kevin Jonas singing, we can't. <laughs> we cannot. <laughs> Go build your birdhouses. <laughs> God said, Kevin Jonas singing, you guys look like you're in a crisis, I'm on my way. <laughs> Anyways, um, anyone have any final thoughts on Mandy? This is when I discovered that Nick Jonas was singing the whole time and it wasn't some <laughs> random woman. Great. I have, um, um, I have one <laughs> thought about this, or one statement. Um, a picture from one of their promotional photo shoots from when they filmed this music video was my uh, 10th birthday cake. <gasps> and there's- Shut up. Do you have a pic? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so there's the music video that has like the three parts and it's like they're at the school and everything. But there's also the one where they're at the Chicago Bean, right? I watched yeah. two different videos for this. Yeah, Unless there's I the- made one up in a dream. Well, yeah, it's like you said, there's three parts. Yeah, but I'm there's tired lo- of the Chicago Bean, and I'll say that out loud. Oh, so that's what they mean by three parts, is just the Bean and then a two-part Mandy one? I guess. <sighs> we brought you on for the knowledge, but I guess you're just not bringing it today. You all- <laughs> okay, you guys only call me when you have an agenda. I'm sorry. Excuse me? We watched Camp Rock 2 with you. How dare you? And how many times have you called me other than that? Juan's busy. That's right, I bitch. Even, I haven't even watched anything with Juan because he's been working on these damn prints. Look at what I'm working on. But I'm right here. And I'm always free. Unless okay. you want me to call you and me just work on this constantly and you just talk to me and I say, mm-hmm, yeah. Wait, I actually do have a picture. I'll send this to you guys right now. Yeah. Um, while you're doing that, let's move on to track number seven, You Just Don't Know It. This song is such first. <laughs> this is such a weird mixture of slow and rock. Yeah, it's first of all, Joe's vocals are not at the his best. No. Not at the best here. These lyrics are so bad. They're pretty much like I wrote this song even though I don't want to write about you anymore. And I'm like, why are you singing about being single? Aren't you literally six? 
I that's one of the only things I do like about this one that it it is kind of like meta and like talks about itself in, in the song. This one does I mean, get stuck in my head easily though. I think the chorus is the best part and is yeah. Actually, like the chorus specifically sounds like a song that would be like the slow dance song on like a Zoe 101 episode where they're at like the spring fling dance. It'd be like, uh Wait, that's really what? funny though. Ew. That's so weird that you said Zoe 101 though because there was a Jonas Brothers song in Zoe 101. I think Mandy was on Zoe 101. I think it was. <laughs> of course. But this one seems like it should have been the slow dance. Um, also, one of the co-writers for this song is Desmond Child, who helped write a bunch of songs, including Live in La Vida Loca. Oh my god. What? She's into superstitions. Random. Yes. I love him. I love, I love Shrek, him too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other thing I have about this song, the only other grievance, the biggest grievance that I have with this is that the chorus feels like it doesn't know when to end. That's yeah, it is really like, Especially when you first listen to it. Song. Like, well, it's not even that. It's yeah, like, when you get to the chorus, there's that part <laughs> where it's like, I go on and on, and then it, like, stops for a little bit, and then it says, singing this song about you, and I'm like, okay, now it's gonna stop. And then it says, and that's what's wrong with this song, and I'm like, what the, when are you gonna end? It's gonna end when Joe Jonas comes in and says, you just don't know know it. (laughs) I hate the way he says that. It does, the verse and chorus, they do feel like two separate They're very different. But they also just Nick's, take so long. Nick's riff where he goes, oh, was very laughable. I played that for my sister the other day because I told her, I did ass so my sister, I said, Juan and Sarah want to review the Jonas Brothers' first album and I know Juan's going to hate it because Nick Jonas goes, oh. <laughs> no, I do make fun of him later on though. I do make, I didn't catch that, but I do make fun of him. You didn't on- catch that? I didn't catch that. Where is it? Oh my god, out of everything that there is, that was the worst. It's the most memorable moment. It's like after the bridge, I think. But, Juan, while you're looking that up, let's move on to track number eight, which is I Am What I Am. So I am what I am. Another one that's fast paced, pop punk. This Another is the Jonas you, Brothers you going. This is in a phase, Mom. This is me. <laughs> Sorry. Did I get shot? Oh, I thought that was Juan playing it. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> That sounds, like, it sounds like me trying to do a riff at like a, a talent show. What just it? What the hell was that? He literally goes, "Wow, <laughs> Like, why did you go back up? And why did you sound like you just stubbed your toe? I think I had to do that arpeggio on my saxophone in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they said, "All right, Ivy, can you play this?" <laughs> Anyways, I am what I am. Very moshy. Like Juan said, it's the it's not a phase song. Um, this song was written by Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne, who's one of my favorite songwriters who just passed away due to COVID. 
Uh, he also helped write Just the Girl by the Click Five, High School Never Ends by Bowling for Soup. <gasps> and did I mention from the Descendants soundtrack, which I hated that song at first and then it grew on me because it was so catchy and it makes okay, sense yeah, because too. every... Every song that Adam Schlesinger writes is so, like, catchy and <coughs> stuck in your head. So. Yeah, that one had to grow sense. on me. I yeah. do think this song would be really good in a movie. Like, this song would be really nice at, like, some random part and some, like... I... Did I write it for this one? No. No. But this is... Oh, never mind. Not this one. Not this one. Not this one. Not this one. Never mind. No, not this one. <laughs> okay. I was like like a party scene in a movie. Like, see no, this no, no, song. No, no. This song, like how Juan said, Mandy moves really quick. I think this song moves really quick. This one is the quickest. Yeah, and has like Nick's highest notes. Really. Mm-hmm. That's what he sounds like. Kind of like. Oh, well, there you go. I was watching a video of uh, obviously not this most recent tour. It would have been pre-breakup but of them playing like little parts of these songs from this era and maybe fr- like some lesser known ones oh they barely played shit from this album on this last tour and i was so mad about yeah. it well there's not they a lot play- from this album that i want them to play but they didn't do a lot from it you would still but, love to hear it yeah in this like brief part when they were like just testing the audiences you like oh let's see if you know this one and this <clears> one they did um, I Am What I Am, and when Nick was supposed to do the stand, do the high notes, he, he just went, nope. <laughs> like, he did not say it. He I miss, said, I nope, miss their, I miss their flip sections in their, in their shows. I, I miss their acrobatics. Yes. They said that'll never happen job. again. And I was like, that's rude. Too many sprained ankles. Just because two of you are fathers now doesn't mean you can't flip. Who they the said fuck you, else is you a gotta dad? go watch Joe just up. had uh Sophie Turner just had hers and yeah. Joe's baby. Like last week or the week before. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know why you're not up to date on the Joe Bro knowledge. Okay. Sorry. How shameful. Um Alright, let's move on to track number nine. Underdog. This is the one that I think would be great in a movie. Okay. So many okay. people use this on their graduation caps. Like, what? Oh, she's an underdog? Yeah, well, no. <laughs> one day she may change the world. Oh, okay. I feel like she's an underdog would also just work on a, on a graduation cap. But I just wrote, I, I, have a th- I like this one. That's all I said. <laughs> I have a theory that they wrote this song after they watched Not Another Teen Movie. I have a feeling they wrote it after they watched an episode. They watched an episode of or the Disney movie adaptation of Underdog. <laughs> I think they heard Kyle Massey's Underdog rap and then wrote this. And they said, "We can do it better." Yeah. Wait, Underdog but- was like the superhero dog one, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was making sure I wasn't thinking of something else. Um, this song was co-written by a duo called Stargate, and they've worked with a ton of people. They helped write "Diamonds" by Rihanna. And What's My Name by Rihanna. And they helped write What Does the Fox Say. So No. No. I mean, nope. Done. That's it. 
Wait, I know they helped her write what diamonds? Diamonds was written by Sia. They're credited on it. Well, I didn't. Mm. Not that they helped her write it, but maybe they helped Sia write it. I didn't know. Um, you know what I mean. BB Rexa, the the singer, started off as a songwriter, and she wrote um, "Monster" by Rihanna because she opened up for the Jonas Brothers on this past tour, and she sang her version of "Monster." As and a- everyone said, "Make it stop." <laughs> I know, I, and everyone said, is this calling all the monsters? <laughs> I wish it was. I wish China Ann McLean was their opener, and then she came back out with Nick Jonas to sing You're a Biggest Fan. I um, Shit, I was going to say something. Oh, okay. Katie Rexa. I just knew her from when she was in her band with Pete Wentz, and they lasted for like two minutes. That's how I first was introduced to BB Rexa. That's like how I knew Cassidy Pope from Hey Monday and dating from Ryan Degrassi? Dawson. And... Th- from the Degrassi Goes Hollywood movie where she shows up with Pete Wentz. She, well, I knew her from Hey Monday and dating Ryan Dawson and then she won The Voice and I was like, I was literally, I knew you tweet, before this. I was gonna tweet the other day, like, where were you when you found out that Ryan Dawson and Cassie Pope broke up? Because I remember being devastated. Isn't but I thought no one could really. that teddy bear? She came out and sang Remembering Sunday at one of my shows that I saw them at. Um, BB Rexa did? No, Cassidy. <laughs> no, she did for me too. Um, did you hear Wong's joke? He said something about a teddy bear. What? Say it again. Isn't BB Rexa that teddy bear? Like Teddy Rex. <laughs> <laughs> you should go tweet that one. That was good. Oh, Not okay. all of yours are good, but that one was good and that's tweetable. <laughs> Isn't Phoebe Rexa that teddy bear? Anyways, wait, Underdog... Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> Underdog, I do like this song. It's very, like, she's the girl next door and she's not like the other girls. Like, it's very much that, but I do still like it's it. It's me. They wrote it about me. I... You. This is where I did catch when Joe doing some nonsense, though. <laughs> Like, like this is during the pre-chorus. She's like, she's the under, she's an underdog, and then he goes, yeah. Oh god, yes. And I'm, and that's when I was like, no, not this, not now, not that. Because <laughs> the next one, he's like, yeah, but the first one, he's like, yeah, and I'm like, what? <laughs> he was like a, doing a Jennifer Coolidge impression. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. <laughs> that the was a porn. Makes me want a hot. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're nearing the end of the album. Let's move on to track number 10, 705. Yes. Yeah, let's get to this one. This is another one that was co-written by Michael Mangini, and another one that I think it's just Nick's voice on this whole album sounds like he's like in a church choir. Nick sounds like he's literally either a full woman or <laughs> Junior Michael Jackson. I, I can't believe this is his voice. <laughs> Truly. I love this song. Well, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The beginning throws me off 
really bad though with whatever whatever that weird noise is in the beginning before oh, the drum yeah, yeah, beat yeah. kicks in um this is this is the one where i was like why is nick singing about love when he's 12 years old and he's like she walked out the door i'll move That's, on <laughs> everything was fine until 705 is that his curfew <laughs> it's when she walked out the door and right out of his life if she's gone he'll move on like, I what's I would have been gone too. I would have been goodbye. Is that his curfew? Seven oh five specifically. I walked out the door at seven oh five when I heard him do that run earlier. <laughs> I what was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, you um, see. Yeah, but it's another one where it's all of Nick. What was that boo doo mm-hmm. noise? I didn't hear nothing. Doo doo doo. What the fuck? One of my AirPods. That was your dying? iPod. That was your AirPod dying. Oh, be. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I know that noise. Oh, my right um, one is ten percent. Probably should. This is another one where it's just Nick vocals. There's no Joe. Certainly no Kevin. Um, <laughs> of course not. They they they're doing these perfect fifths and sevens like it's a fucking church choir the whole time. They're like. They should have done a cover of "I Will Follow Him" from Sister Act on this album. I would kill to see those fuckers in nuns' outfits just singing that song on stage with a whole ass tambourine. Okay, Um, let's move on to I guess the final track, track number eleven. Please be mine. I will not disappoint you. I will be right there. You till the end, the end of time. No. Please be my Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I launched Ivy out of her simulation she was in. She was filling up her fantasy, and then I said no, and her face cracked. <laughs> Don't worry, Ivy. This isn't their worst one. Well, Juan, what are your thoughts on it? Do tell. <laughs> this is just another one where I was like, they. the funny thing about them is like, all their songs in this album sound like, once we're together, it's gonna be forever happiness because of the church delusion they were in. But I was like, you guys dated all these women and nothing worked out. This is um, the the other one on the album that was written just by them. And I believe, according to Chasing Happiness, this was... Was it the first, or just one of the first that they wrote together? I think this was, like, the one that made them, like, a group. Yeah, they were like, we should do this. Um, And they they play it in Chasing Happiness while they do a little reunited version of it. Um, Ivy, why do you hate Juan, and why do you love this song? This is one of my favorite Jonas Brothers songs of all time. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Wow, is this is my judgment really bad? Is he really gonna hate the rest of their discography? No, I think that. he'll like the rest. Juan, what don't you like about it? Just I that just, it's like I, very loved. Do you like? Do you not like that it's like slow and acoustic? What I'm just tired like? of these. I'm tired of like when. <laughs> I think it's just me now, like, as, like, a 25-year-old man, just fully being, like, I get it, I get being in your feels, but, like, at this point, I'm, like, 
go beyond go beyond the feeling and also like your six who are you dating I don't know. I think, I think it's just, okay. The other thing is like, like, I know that like their fan base is mostly like predominantly women. So like, this just feels very like preteen, preteen emotional baiting. I think the hardest thing with this album, whenever you think about like, yeah, you're this old. How have you experienced this? Is because we primarily hear Nick's voice. So we're like, wow. Yeah. You're like 12 or 13. How have you experienced this? But then you don't think about the fact that. Kevin and Joe are mid-teenagers, so it's stuff that normal teenagers would typically write about, but because we hear so much Nick, that's what you link it to. I I guess it's also because I was... Well, not was. <laughs> Guys, I was gay. <laughs> um... But no, I think I think it's just the fact that like I didn't get to experience that at a young age, so it's very much like... Yeah. I can't relate. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But I think... Ivy's right, like, the only ones where I wrote, like, you're 12, why are you singing about love, is the Nick songs. Mm -hmm. But, like, it doesn't sound weird to me when, like, Joe is singing about a girl. I mean, isn't Kevin, like, 36 now or something? (laughs) When Kevin sings his two seconds for Mandy, it doesn't sound weird. Um, For me, I just, like, you'll see in my ranking that I like more fast-paced songs and not so much acoustic songs. So I know my... That's my only... That's my only gripe with this one. But otherwise, it's fine. <laughs> Ivy's and yours are going to differ so I'm going to get now. dragged for these ratings. Well, I already know you have Please Be Mine at number one, so. who You don't know. Well, Maybe the stands will come and cancel me now. You know me Maybe so well. Maybe the stands will take up how, all my facts. How sweet is that? All right. Any last words before we move on to ranking? No. I just, I just want to say we're going to keep the peace, even though we're going to rank these songs. <laughs> um, and as we rank them, you know... From 11 to number one. Number 11 doesn't mean it's a bad song. Mm. It just means it's our least favorite of these songs on this album. So let's all go around and say our... So there's 11 tracks total. Let's all say our number 11 pick, our least favorite on the album. Let's start with one. This is going to be controversial, yet very brave, but my number 11 is Time For Me To Fly. Oh, I was not expecting it. Oh, he came out there. It's just the most churchy swinging. one. It's like the hardest church one. And their dad wrote it, so I'm like, I can only feel it. It does feel very like, everybody on your feet. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that, the full this, the palms facing forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Okay. Ivy, what about you? what I go to school for? Oh, they're both hitting me hard. (laughs) Sarah was like, those are my top three. (laughs) No, um, I can, well, I won't, I won't give any spoilers. Um, my number 11 pick was One Day at a Time. Love the TV show. The song is okay. (laughs) I just realized in my ranking I wrote One Day at a Day. One day at a day. <laughs> One day at a day. It'll happen. Um. All right. Our number ten picks. Juan, what is your number ten pick? You just don't know it. You just don't know it. I picked all the churchy ones as like my lowest ones. That's what I saw coming. <laughs> Ivy, what about you? Six minutes. <gasps> my star <laughs> anthem. I feel so. 
My one, even Juan was shocked. <laughs> even Juan took this. Offense. Okay, this was so hard for me to do. Well, I knew what I wanted at one, and I knew what I wanted at eleven, and then filling everything else out. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. I'm like some like my my first like nine or eight were like yeah these are definitely at the bottom. And then, like, one to three were like, yeah, okay. And then those ones in the middle, I was like, I have no idea. No, I had no way how to place the middle. And if ranking this was hard, I have no idea how I'm going to do self-titled because that's my favorite album of theirs. And that's just going to kill me. See, mine were the opposite. I'm like, I really don't like these and I'm indifferent towards the others. And these ones slap. Tied for number one are tracks number one through seven. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so... Juan, you said you just don't know it, right? Yeah. Ivy said six minutes. <laughs> yeah. My number ten is also you just don't know it. <gasps> okay. Twinsies. You know, looking at it now, I don't know why I put that one where I did. You just don't know it. Keep, not stay true minutes. to yourself. Stay did true you to yourself. Did you put that at number two? No! No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Juan, what is your your number nine on this mm-hmm. ranking? One day at a time. <laughs> Ivy, you concur. I said one day at a day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ivy, this isn't personal. This is just business. My number nine is please be mine. I'm Jeez, ending this call. Bye bye. Like I said, all the acoustics are at the bottom for me. Hover. I did put that at the top of the acoustics. It just all so right. happens that my acoustics are my bottom three. Anyways, uh, track or number eight in our ranking, Juan. What's your number eight pick? I don't know what time it is right now, but I want to say it's seven oh five. Oh, you you did it! You did it! (laughs) I knew it. I have no words for that. (laughs) This is where it gets personal between I. Oh, I wasn't even making that at the song. I just meant the pun. Yeah. Oh, eight. Ivy, what's your number? I said I am what I am. Okay. Someone isn't punk rock enough. Sarah and I are so, so (laughs) different. (laughs) Once again, Juan and I have twin Z scores because my number eight is 705. Iconic. We're doing great. Um, This is a game now. (laughs) Number seven. What's your pick for number seven, Juan? Please be mine. Wow, higher than me. Ivy, what about you? That's where I put You Just Don't Know It. But looking now, I probably would put that one at 8, and I am what I am at 7. Okay, okay. I appreciate that. Um, My number 7 is Time for Me to Fly. Praise it. Okay. That's really high up, and I'm not going to judge you for it. I can accept that, because I put that one at six. Okay. <clears throat> um, well, spoilers for your pick. Oopsie. Juan, what's your number six? I think it... Shit, I can't tell. <laughs> I think it I think it was... Because I, I changed up my five and my six last minute, because I was like, yeah, I hate this one more. Um, my number six, I think, is what I go to school for. Okay. <laughs> Ivy, we're, <laughs> we're shocked, but for different reasons. Um, okay, so Juan, your number six is what I go to school for. Ivy's is time for me to fly, and mine is underdog. 
is my number six. All right, we're getting into the top five here. So Juan, what did you put at your your number five? I love my edgy babies. I am what I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, again, Maybe. this is started. These are starting to get purely on the beat. Like, how do they feel to me? I don't care about the lyrics or who's singing it. I just like to feel it. Ivy, what about you? I said year three thousand because I, as much as like I said, I get tired of the song. I can appreciate that it's a good song so i was like it deserves top five it's not theirs but yeah for my number five pick i picked six minutes my ska anthem that ivy placed alarmingly low (laughs) but that's okay um juan what is your number four pick my number four is mandy Mm mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> Again, I didn't. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you what they're singing about, but I do love the beat. Yep. Uh, Ivy number four, underdog. Okay, okay. Um, my number four is I am what I am. I'm a yam. You're that, a yam. That shirt from Cheaper by the Dozen too. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It as I am what I am. All right, we're in the top three now. Juan, what is your number three pick? Underdog. Oh, okay. Again, just because it sounds like it belongs in like a, one of those like early teen movies. Mm-hmm. Seven oh five. You did say you. I don't know why I didn't see that coming when you said it was one of your favorites. Uh, my number three is Year Three Thousand. Wig. I can respect Juan, what that. Is Juan, what is your second favorite on the album? Number Shock two. and surprise. I like six minutes. I knew you would, you ska bastard. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> um, okay, so six minutes, Ivy. Mandy. Okay. <laughs> um, my number two is what I go to school for. No, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> Why? It's so good. Except for the Peeping Tom line. Otherwise, it's a good song. That bridge, when Joe and Nick harmonize, uh, so good. But I guess I'm alone here. All right, let's go to our favorite songs. Juan, what is your favorite song on Year this 3000. <laughs> yes, there you go, you bandwagoner, you. Um, <laughs> I hate this. Ivy... I mean, I think we already know what it is. Well, I mean, we you were alone in the last one, but I'm freaking alone in thinking Please Be Mine is great. So that's my number one. Yes. And then my number one is Mandy, because it was the first song I, lear- I heard of theirs and still my favorite. If they If they did a whole tour that was just this album, I'd go and I'd mosh. Even when it was like one day at a time, I'd be moshing. I'd throw hands. You don't think I can windmill arms to one day at a time? (laughs) I low-key was looking at the Phoenix prices just because I was like, you know, maybe I could make a pit stop. But then I I didn't go. I don't think anything, like, exciting happened. I remember looking at the fan request and being like, okay. 
Their, okay. their fan requests were care. disappointing. Because they did just I mean, no American Dragon. A bajillion times. No Mine, one did. The fan requests I got in order were Jersey. That was interesting to hear, but I wasn't like super excited about it. Um, Jersey, please be mine. Inseparable, can't have you. And then Nick saying introducing me in Toronto because that's where they filmed Camp Rock. Mm-hmm. And that's the one I wanted to hear. Yeah, I would have loved to hear introducing the me. But like, like where toenail. was? Where was American Dragon Jake Long? Where was the Jonas theme song? But we're not bragging. He's the American Dragon. Where was the baby bottle pop song? Like, they're just not digging into their roots. (laughs) Hey, they sang American Dragon Jake Long theme song, but they also did a song in Japanese. So. Japanese? Yeah, it's called Infatuation. And it's very interesting. Where was the Kids of the Future song? Where was the Meet the Robinson song? That's what we wanted. Was Kids of the that's Future? That's the one. Was Kids of the Future in Mandy's Mega Mix? I don't know if it was. I don't think it was. I don't. I'm trying I to would think doubt about what all was in there. I know um, there was like Tonight, Hold On, Play My Music, World War Three. It was wasn't World War Three. I lost my shit to World War Three. Um. I'm looking at this photo here, and this is <laughs> that you sent us. Of so this is your tenth birthday. You're wearing a Jonas Brothers shirt. There's some very shocked people in it. Have you looked at this photo one? No. Oh, it's really something to behold. I can't wait to see it. I think you should recreate it for your twenty-first. I, should- I know you don't have a, a lot of time, but like, call in the grocery stores and order a cake. I get that same stock photo. <laughs> yeah. Or like call your friend who got fifty thousand dollars and get just make her pay for the cake, I think. That's she still I has think. that money, I think. She had to buy um, a new car. Does anyone have any final ones, so <laughs> Oh jeez. Does anyone have any final thoughts on this album? It's about time. It's my least favorite. <laughs> least favorite? Um, so you, I think one will enjoy self-titled. I hope. (laughs) I think, I think out of self-titled a little bit longer in Lines Minds and Trying Times, which do you think he'll like the most? I think he'll like self-titled the most. I mean, I think self-titled is the best out of the three, so I would, and I think stylistically that one sticks more towards a rock side than the others Mm -hmm. so i think he would enjoy it because a little bit longer is definitely more poppy pop rock ish and then you know what lines is just kind of all over the place he he does love love bug we do know that and i feel like he would like like tonight tonight's fun so but most likely, I feel like self-titled. So ne- next time we do, when we do self-titled album review, that should be a fun one because I feel like Juan will be more invested in like there will be more fights about these songs. We'll see. You put we'll see Hollywood at number six. I'm not gonna be able to rank those. I'm so scared. 
No, you will be ranking them, but you we'll have wait a to. while. You have to be objective. I we'll let some time pass. This one, It'll like how I knew what I was going to put first and last, I don't even know what I'm going to put first with that. Uh, Kids of the Future, the bonus track. Ma'am. Is that on there? It's It was a bonus track. I don't think it's technically Was it on. a bonus track? It's, yeah, it was a bonus track, I believe. Snap it was. I don't know if it's if it's on Spotify, but I know it was. I, like, have, a, uh, I have a self-produced track. music video to that song. You mean you shot it on your your camera? I mean, I shot it on my camera in my basement when I was eight. He's <laughs> self-produced. No, I think you... Didn't you tweet us that? Or was Probably. That oh, I think <laughs> I did when y'all did Meet the Robinsons. Yes. All right. Well, Ivy, thank you for joining us and being our local um, Jonas Brothers correspondent. Um, would you like to plug anything? Uh, my Twitter and Instagram are both... They call me Ivy with two Y's at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yep. Okay. I you'll you want to plug. You'll see. You want to plug your sandwich shirt? No. <laughs> <laughs> you want to plug Papa Murphy's cookie dough that you received as a tip today? You'll Do you want to plug day old bread? Yeah. If you wanna. Oh, yep. Forty nine cents. Um. I, Juan and I used to get that a lot in college. It's a blessing in disguise, honestly. Um, but yeah, if you want to see Jonas tweets and posts and me posting about Dylan O'Brien's birthday, follow me then, I guess. Not that interesting. I suppose. All right, sounds good. All right, well, I think we all learned some things today. We all have different tastes when it comes to this album but i'm excited to see how we all rank the the follow-up the self-titled album whenever we do that whenever we do that we're gonna let some time pass to let these these feelings simmer down a little bit and then we'll we'll dive into that one and Juan, you will be watching chasing happiness with me I just uh, really want y'all to watch the concert experience. I do too. I want to hear Everyone that reaction. Tweet us if you want us to do commentaries on either of those because I think it'd be very fun. I think that one would be fun. After Juan, if- there's pyrotechnics. They do cartwheels. It's fun. They explain the We're meaning of the word time. fandom. They do no. flips. They do flips. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening, and uh, have a have a great day. And uh, you just don't know it. Good night, everybody. Thank you.